It's a Chiefs Day on Sports BKC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Wednesday, June 3rd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Chiefs beat writer Sam McDowell stops by to talk about some recent developments. For the first time in nearly 30 years, the Chiefs won't leave the metro area for training camp. In the COVID world, the NFL has ordered all teams to conduct camp at their facilities, and that means no St. Joseph or Missouri Western State University for the Chiefs this summer. That's been the team's training camp home since 2010. The two decades before that, it was at River Falls, Wisconsin, and before that, up at William Jewell in Liberty. Sam and I talk about what coming home means for the Chiefs. Later, we'll get into some comments made by Chiefs players on social media during this week of racial injustice protests around the nation. After a break, we're going to hear from new Chiefs assistant coach Andy Hill, who will be working with the special teams. Hill was a longtime Mizzou assistant and is preparing for his first season in the NFL. In a Zoom call with reporters last week, Hill discussed the transition from college to the pros and what appeals to him about football at the professional level. So let's get started with Sam McDowell. Sam, how you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, great talking to you. Herbie Teope usually would be with us talking Chiefs, but uh, he's loafing today uh, at his home. No, no, he's got he's got a house issue he's got to deal with. But uh, happy to have Sam here. How you been doing, man? I've been doing really well. Um, you know, taking the I think the quarantine is a little bit easier on us sports writers who uh, who spend a lot of time at home anyway, right? <laughs> it is. It did. You know, we would be, you know, there, there, of course, we would be covering Royals now. Um, sure. There'd be OTAs, of course, for the Chiefs. I can't I can't even remember what stage we would be in right now here in the first week of June. Maybe the, the full OTA. Yeah, end of phase three yeah. for the full OTAs. Yep. Um, but the NFL ruled uh, that, or at least announced, that there would not be any team activities uh, until training camp, and both of those topics, training camp and te- team activities, are what I wanted to talk to you about because uh, there is news on both fronts. Again, no, there no getting together as as a team until training camp, which would be sometime in the fourth week in July, and as we know now, no training camp away from the team facility. Now, that doesn't impact a majority of the NFL teams. But for 10 to a dozen NFL teams, it does have an impact. And one of those teams is the Kansas City Chiefs. So what are the Chiefs going to miss by not having training camp at Missouri Western State University in St. Joe, Missouri, where they pack their bags and head off for you know three and a half weeks to a month every every year, have been doing so since, since 2010? What's, what's, the, what's the effect or could be the effect of that, Sam? Yeah, I mean, we've seen NFL teams in general sort of migrate back to their home facilities, uh, I, I think, for, for easiness. It's, it's easier to do everything at home. Um, the, the cost, obviously, is, is, is beneficial. Savings, to, right? Yeah. yeah, to the teams and the players themselves. So, But Andy Reid has always liked going away, even if it's just up north to St. Joe, about an hour north, because the players are all together. You've got a bunch of new faces coming together, staying in dorms. It just it forces team bonding, and he talks about that every year on the first day of training camp. Why do you still come up to St. Joe? And that, that's his answer every year. And, you know, so we, we get that sort of that welcoming press conference with, with Andy, with the team, but it's not just Andy, right? Uh, Mark Donovan, the team president, really the business side president of the Chiefs, 
he holds a press conference every year, and uh, then we get the the mayor usually of of St. Joe and um, you know and and, uh, and Missouri Western president and athletic director, and it just it's a big celebration for St. Joseph for sure. But I don't I don't know what discussions you know those people have behind closed doors. What but. But the Chiefs are happy enough with St. Joe to to have signed an extension, a story that you wrote back in February, um, for a few more years. How many more years were the Chiefs going to be up there, at least from the from the contract they signed in, in February? Yeah, it's supposed to be this year and, and next year. But then there was a two-year option that, that seems – I mean, if you, you throw an option on, on a contract like that, it seemed likely that that would be picked up. And there was supposed to be some renovations this year. Uh, that was part of the agreement, you know, including some – some extra seating and stands because I think that we all anticipate the demand for tickets and people getting in to, to watch this team was going to be much greater coming off of a Super Bowl year. And, and now we don't know this for certain, but I, I think you and I and, and Herbie and everybody else here anticipates that it's much less likely that the fans will be involved in this at all. Yeah, that that's a... That'll be a big story when when it's announced. There, nothing has been announced by the team, or I don't think the NFL has announced it yet. Some of the teams, I think the Colts went ahead and announced that there would not, you know, that the NFL's told them there wouldn't be training camp. But there hadn't been an, a, a, a away from the facility. But there hasn't been an official announcement from the Chiefs. Maybe that'll come later today. But I think with that might come the the announcement that no fans are going to be allowed. And you know, I'll tell you what, I, I've, I've mentioned this to people for years since I've been going up to training camp on a regular basis, that it is the best opportunity to get a kind of a front row seat to the Chiefs. And for the it's it, it's free it, going up to St. Joe. It's a little bit of it, certainly an hour drive from Kansas City, depending on what part of the metro you live in. But it's you pay five bucks to park. There is no admission charge to get in, and you can sit as close to the field if you get there soon enough to that as than you ever would in Arrowhead Stadium, and you get to see the players coming off and, and on the field, and and it's just a great opportunity. Usually, autograph sessions every day, and and the players mingle with the fans. I always thought that was a great scene. As after every practice, the the Chiefs players are mingling with the fans on the on that uh, on that hill, and. To lose that, listen in, in the for the for a good cause, of course, with the uh, with the pandemic and safety measures, health measures, totally get it. But that really will be a a loss for the Chiefs, especially for a team coming off a Super Bowl victory. Yeah, I, I think that we all have stories as kids from what we remember our interaction with athletes and the, the people we sort of idolized growing up. And, and for me. Going to spring training was absolutely one of the things that that I adored. I, I went one year, I think I was 12 years old, and it was just awesome. You know, it, to me, it made the players feel more real. You know, when you watched them on TV to that point, they, they sort of felt almost fictionalized a little bit. And um, I think that, like you mentioned, for me, it's, for me, it's the kids that aren't going to get to interact because there is just such an, an intimate feeling when you're out at training camp of – these guys are right there. You can look right across the field, 10 yards away. There, there's Patrick Mahomes standing. He'll come over and sign autographs on certain days. And um, it, it absolutely is going to be a loss for all the fans. But I, I think just especially the, the kids that are really starting to get into football. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm glad you mentioned spring training because in baseball, because there's something I've thought about too as we talk about the team a little bit. 
When I started going to spring training in Surprise with the Royals, they had already started to turn the corner on the you know from the hundred lost seasons to being a competitive team. And I can remember talking to Ned Yost and other coaches at uh, at, at Arizona uh, about competition for positions. And Ned told me once, and I, I guess I never realized this, but it seems obvious now that. You don't want to come to spring training with a lot of competitions. You want to come with a team that you feel pretty good about and confident about. <laughs> and, 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 and that was the case in 2013, 2014, 2015, 16. And we saw what kind of teams the Royals had in those years. And I think about that with the Chiefs, you know, going, going to training, going into training camp. We'll, we'll talk much more about this as, as training camp approaches. But going into training camp, I, I don't see where there would be a lot of position battles for for these chiefs. And, um, and, and, and so I guess my point is with rookies and, 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 and first year, other first year players, it might be a little more difficult for them to have missed all the OTA times and not get their first kind of practice session with, with the full team until training camp begins. First of all, I think that that's such a net thing to say. My, my guess is the way he arrived at that answer was somebody said, hey, isn't competition a good thing? And he said, well, no, not really. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that there's – you're absolutely right. The rookies are going to miss out on the most. And, and I wrote about this last week, but it, it's pretty much all players who are making – trying to make that first impression with the Chiefs, whether it's undrafted free agents, rookies, or new guys to the team. And obviously the way this team is built, it's mostly those former two. And what, what's going to happen is – because they've missed the three phases of OTAs, you know, that's your conditioning period. That's your strengthening period. And certainly these guys, they've, they've trusted that these guys are working out. They're actually doing Zoom calls to make sure that these guys are following certain programs. But you can't replicate what an NFL strength and conditioning staff is requiring these guys to do, toward, not just to be in shape, but to play NFL football. And it, because of that, you're going to have to have some sort of ramp-up period in training camp that you don't usually have. We haven't seen the NFL announce anything like that. I'm, I'm sure that's in the works and being discussed because of what we saw in 2011 with the lockout year when they missed OTAs. There was all sorts of injuries. The way to avoid that is to add this ramp-up period. But still, I think a rookie or an undrafted free agent is going to be inclined to push himself to prove himself. And I don't know how much, whether if they have an extra ramp up period, if that cuts into their time to be able to do that. But there's just so many factors that are unknown right now. But I think all of them are kind of working against those first year players. Yeah. Yeah. Also unknown is the dates. We don't have the dates for training camp. Right. Like I said, it's it traditionally starts the, the fourth week in July and, uh, you know, an extra week early for the teams that are playing in the in the Hall of Fame game in Canton and, and the Chiefs aren't in that game. So. Uh, sometime in the you know in the, after after the third week of July, I expect uh, we'll, we'll and we'll get some dates here probably in the next week or two because um, well I was going to say people need to plan, but the, people don't need to plan because yeah. they're, they're likely not going to be there. But we need to plan, right? I mean that's yeah. uh, we, we need yeah. to know when Re- and, and, release and the team it for our play. sake. Release it for that's our right. sake. The other thing, the other thing we'll miss um, by sp- missing those three weeks in St. Joe, we don't know how. The media is going to, you know, to to, to cover uh, training camp. But one thing we've always been able to do is we, we cover every practice, and sometimes the, you know, training camp stars uh, reveal themselves. People like Frankie Hammond Jr. I'm, I'll never forget the wide receiver who mm-hmm. was a training you know training camp hero. And I don't know if you were there the year that um, 
uh, uh, C.J. Spiller, the veteran uh, that the Chiefs signed, uh, you know, had, had a couple of great plays in training camp. Everybody was so excited about him, and he didn't make the team. But there's always there's always a guy or two in training camp that you just you fall in love with and think, uh, and you, it gets you through a day of writing, right, and reporting. But uh, sure. ultimately, uh, ultimately, they don't make the team. Hey, uh, so Sam, I, before we stop, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about. Um, uh, what we've seen from Chiefs players in the protests uh, that, that are going around the country this week um, for racial injustice and racism. Um, the, the Chiefs are not having media availability this week. It's the first week in, in several that we have we will not have heard from a Chiefs player or coach. And I suspect the, 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 the sort of the the moment is, is is responsible for that, and yeah. but Chiefs have expressed themselves uh, on on social media. What have you seen from from some of the Chiefs on social media? Yeah, I mean we we've seen a lot of players speak out. Um, I think Tyron Matthews probably been about the most vocal, but Chris Jones, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Juan Thornhill, uh, there's there, Harrison Bucker talked to us last week, and I mean I know he was asked a question, but gave a really thoughtful answer. I thought and. Even more impressive because he was put on the spot. It wasn't something he had time to prepare. But um, you know, I, I just think it's a it's a tough time for an athlete right now because there's the expectation to say something. Um, and as much as when I was 24, 25 years old, I felt like I had the entire world figured out. I know that I didn't. Right. And right. It, it's tough. I think it would have been tough to say the word perfect, exact right thing in this in this sort of moment. But um, I, I do think any player using their platform. And like, like you said, we've seen a lot of chiefs do it. It's commendable because you're putting yourself out there. Um, it's an issue that obviously is, is drawing the world's attention right now. And, um, you know, to, to take a side on it. And I, I think, you know, it, it's, it's pretty easy to decide which side to take, but um, to take any side on, on it is going to tick some people off. And, um, to use your platform anyway, I, I just think it's really commendable with the, the Chiefs that we've seen speak out on this um, in support yeah. of George Floyd and his family um, and against right. police brutality and racism. Yeah, some of those people that you might tick off are maybe season ticket holders, you know, and um, and, and, and certainly fans of, of the team. But uh, I, I agree with you. It, it's an opportunity for athletes, especially with the platform that the Super Bowl championship team has. And, you know, the pro protests are in Kansas City as well as other, you know, cities around the country. And uh, and uh, I can Im imagine if we surveyed those that are protesting and even the police, they're all Chiefs fans. So they're, they're paying attention to what Patrick Mahomes and, and Taran Matthew and Travis Kelsey and all the Chris Jones, they're paying attention to what they have to say. And I haven't seen anything outrageous um, by them. I've, I've seen you know conscientious uh, statements and and, um, and really well thought out statements. So I've seen some criticism of the statements that they said they didn't go far enough in, in saying what they did. But I, I don't know. You look. I, I'm, I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it. I I commend those that um, that, that do speak out, and and I and I don't uh, have anything against those who do, that choose not to. That's that's their choice and. And, um, and and that's you know, that's just how I feel about it. But again, for for Patrick Mahomes, for Kelsey, for for the Honey Badger, um, the team itself, right? The, they yeah. they made a statement. Uh, not every team has done that, but the Chiefs did. So uh, good on those guys. Yeah, I agree. And you mentioned, I mean, the fact that there has been some criticism of some players that maybe didn't go too far. And I guess that's what I was trying to reference and um, saying that you know. 
I think we have to remember that these guys are 24, 25 years old, a lot of them. And there's some tiptoeing for sure. But also, I think it's a time for all of us to be listening. And to, to put out the exact right statement is more difficult than I think people think, because I think the most important thing is to listen to what other people have to say about this. And so if you're an athlete, I understand you've got a platform and I think it's fantastic to say something. And I don't think we should be criticizing that, that maybe the, the statement didn't go quite far enough when it's clearly in support of those peaceful protests and clearly against the things like racism and police brutality. I, I don't think we need to be absolutely word perfect on, on our critiques of the, what the athletes are saying. Very good. Sam, it was great catching up with you, and we will talk again soon. Thanks for having me on, Blair. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Vahe, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good to see you. Uh, um, hey, I, I thought I'd just act, ask you a quick sort of historical question. Does, does Trenton lean Chiefs? Uh, as, were you a Chiefs fan growing up? And how did that 1985 camp go? Uh, how, how long did you stick? And what, what's your memory of that experience? Trenton, Missouri, 1,000% Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, my parents used to take me down to the training camp at William Jewell in 1985 when I was lucky enough to have a choice between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Kansas City Chiefs. I obviously chose the Chiefs to come to a training camp. And uh, back then they used to cut every Monday after preseason games. And so every Monday you're holding your breakfast tray, hoping the Turk wouldn't get you and make eye contact with you at breakfast. But uh, it was it was up until the last – I made it to the last cut. Um, I know that it was a year they cut back, but they had a bunch of good receivers, Carlos Carson, Stephon Page, Henry Marshall, a bunch of guys that uh, were really good players, and I was very fortunate just to get the tryout. It, did, did you enjoy the experience, Andy? Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it's, you know, it's like now. It's uh, It was great back then. It's certainly uh, a pleasure to be part of the Chiefs organization now, but I've been a Chiefs guy. Uh, I used to have a uh, Super Bowl champion, whatever they wanted. In 1969, I got a, a sweatshirt and uh, a buddy. We were playing kill the guy with the ball, and a buddy ripped my Chiefs sweatshirt from the Super Bowl championship, and I ran home crying. So that's my memory from the 69 world uh, champions back in the good old days. Uh, let's go to Darren. Darren, go ahead. Hey, uh, Coach Hill, thank you very much for joining us today, and hope uh, you and your family are doing well. Um, wanted to ask you, obviously, the uh, the NFL, they, they, the owners, they approved a couple of measures uh, today, but also they tabled the uh, fourth and 15 discussion and, you know, amid talk that uh, a lot of a lot of coaches and, and teams felt that that would kind of eliminate 
uh, kickoff going down the way. What is your stance on that, and how do you and, and what do you think about the fact that they table at least this discussion for the fourth and fifteen uh, change? Well, that's certainly a question for Andy Reid and Dave Tobe in the sense that uh, I'm sure the reason they tabled it because it's it's uh, such a wide ranging variety of what people think about it. But uh, I saw what Coach Reid said, and I will stick with what Coach Reid said. I think that uh, we got guys that can make the play either way. As a special teams guy, you like to keep it in there. Let's go to BJ Kissel. Go ahead, BJ. Hey, Coach. Appreciate your time. I just joining a, a new staff with new people. I know it's just kind of a basic question, but what's it been like for you? Just getting acclimated to, obviously, to the, your fellow coaches and to the the players you're going to be coaching as soon as you guys are able to get together. Well, I was there, BJ, in uh, the very first part of March, and so the Super Bowl win was still very fresh in the building. And the positive mojo and the positive vibe from all the Chiefs, not just the coaches, but all the personnel in the entire building was something uh, that really was phenomenal for me and uh, certainly a breath of, breath of fresh air and something that we can, uh, if you can keep that chemistry going and all the positive vibes going, it's, it's really special. Let's go to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. Welcome to Kansas City. Good to have you here. Thank you, Matt. Um, you and Dave Toe go back a long ways. I'm just interested in just, you know, what's, how's, how's, that, how's that friendship been for you over the years? What's it meant to you? And um, do you have any good Dave Tobe stories from back in your old days? Well, I'm in my basement right now, and Dave Tobe, before he got hired by Andy Reid in Philadelphia, was finishing out my basement. And if you, if you ask about half the people in Columbia, Missouri, if you have a house addition or a basement finish, Dave Tobe was probably doing that the time he was here. Uh, but, yeah, Dave and I have kept in great touch, um, you know, when he was lucky enough to get into the NFL with, with Coach Reed back in Philadelphia. Um, I didn't ever go out to Philadelphia, but when he got hired at uh, Chicago Bears back early in the 2000s, I went up several times uh, to visit him and, and all their other coaches because I was coaching some special teams at the time, but also a different, mostly wide receiver, but different positions. So I would uh, go with the Bears and then uh, been very fortunate the last couple of years when he's been with the Chiefs in Kansas City. I recruit Kansas City for the Missouri Tigers back then, and, and I would stop by practice when this time of year, actually, after Memorial Day, when they were in phase three of OTAs, and I had a chance to go by a practice or two the last couple of years. We had always Jeremy Macklin and Chase Daniel and Mitch Morris and some guys, and so it was very fortunate to get in there and see them, and that's been uh, – our relationship's been pretty much the same the entire time. Let's go to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, appreciate you taking your time to uh, the chat with us here. Obviously, it's, it's a fascinating time or an interesting time, but, like, when you got two new punters coming in here right now with, with Newsom and Townsend, what's your evaluation of them so far from what you've seen of the tape that they've been able to send you guys from their workouts? Really, it's there's not much. Um, both those guys had great college careers, and with not being on the field at all uh, during the OTAs this, this part of May and June, uh, we know it's going to be decided in the fall. And then we go to fall camp and, and the preseason games. Those guys will be head-to-head and get equal, equal opportunity. But they both have been had great college careers, and we feel like both guys have a legitimate shot to be the punter for the Chiefs. Okay, let's go to uh, Nick Jacobs. I believe that's you, Nick, at KSHB. Go ahead. Yeah, hey, Andy, for you, how would you describe yourself as a coach? And then on top of it, what's the biggest lesson you've learned in your coaching career? 
Uh, Nick, I'd like to think that I'm a detailed, uh, player-oriented coach that, uh, you know, even though I'm getting older and, uh, have, you know, a few gray hairs in my head, but I think that I'm a player's guy for sure. Um, I feel like that uh, the biggest lesson I've learned is it's really about the players, and it used to be you know, about recruiting in the college game, and now to the NFL, it's really about the guys that, uh, that you have on the field. And with the group of guys we have coming back in Kansas City, it's it's sure special to be a part of that. Okay, let's go to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Coach. Um, Lebo. How you doing, buddy? Great. Congratulations, number one. Uh, Thank you. First, how was Coach Tobe's work in your basement? Everything's still standing? <laughs> so far, so good. Not bad. Hey, you, you did a lot of offensive work when you were at Mizzou and just became a special teams coordinator recently. What's that learning curve like been for you in special teams? I know you guys do a lot of stuff early on, especially in, in college coaching because the number of coaches, but what's it been like for you to learn this new stuff? Yeah, um, I was really fortunate to be involved. Like with, with Coach Pinkle, we, everybody had the special team, so I was really focused on the punt team for like 15 years. And I was also involved with kickoff return with Larry Smith and, and Gary Pinkle. And I've been involved with a lot of special teams over time. And in the last two years, I was just special teams only. So the biggest transition really is going to be the rule changes and how you deal with in, in the gunners going out of bounds. And, and certainly the kickoff rules uh, have changed with, with the setting of, of the guys up front. So just really, to me, the adjustment is going to be the rule changes and, and trying to, you know, the evaluation of talent as you get into fall camp. Let's go to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Coach. Um, can, you, can you hear me? Dave, yeah. Yeah, you're good. we uh, talked to him last week that in the conversation about you getting this job, he said you're going to have to do a lot of the BS work. I'm just wondering what still persuaded you to, to want to do this? Um, the Super Bowl championship, Kansas City Chiefs, and the fact that, I mean, uh, you know, again, we are Chiefs fans. My my daughter got married last Friday night, so we're done with that, which is great. And uh, her her fiance now her husband is a Chiefs season ticket holder, so we're Chiefs all the way around. And and you know, I had some opportunities to stay at Mizzou uh, outside the coaching realm here, but it was such a great opportunity. I felt like that. Uh, you know, I've talked about trying to get into the NFL for a few years, and although this is a as he called it, a lower level position, and and I, I I'll be doing some stuff that I've had guys do stuff for me in the last couple of years. But the truth is, I mean, it's such a great opportunity to work with Andy Reid and Dave Tobe and you know Eric Bieniemy and Steve Spagnuolo. Those guys are just special people and special coaches. And and uh, we got number fifteen, so let's go to work. All right, guys, we got two hands up left, so let's go with Blair first, and we'll close out with Bahe. Go ahead, Blair. Any congratulations, and especially on Friday night. That's terrific, uh, the wedding. Um, hey, Thanks, and you, hey, and you, you, I think you've answered this in, in bits and pieces, but I, I just want to generally ask you what the, what the appeal is of the NFL level versus the college level. Well, um, I can't tell you. The, when it came out, I was in Kansas City for three or four days, uh, kind of going to work, and then it came out that I was – you know, hired by the Chiefs on a Friday afternoon, and I was driving back to Columbia from 3:30 in the afternoon until about midnight. I had I had my Missouri phone and I had my personal phone, and I answered phone calls and text messages and uh, up until midnight. And it's just this, 
you know, uh, uh, growing up a Chiefs fan, growing up um, around the state of Missouri and having a chance to, to work with not only the Super Bowl champion, but Andy Reid and the kind of person he is, and Dave Tobe is a friend of mine uh, at the top level of the profession. I just felt like it was something we could not pass up, and we talked it over as a family. Uh, when Coach Reed called me and offered me the job, we had some real tears and some great uh, clapping in our house. And so we're excited to be a part of, of what uh, has gone on, and hopefully I can add some small piece to, to, to next year's season. Okay, Maya, go ahead and close us out. Hey, Andy, uh, kind of a two-parter. One is uh, you, you had some experience at Arrowhead before, um, and I just wonder what you remember most about that night in 2007. And the other thing is, too, just you've been most of 30 of the last 40 years or something you've been at Missouri. I, I, how difficult, strange is it to just go to a new locale and change, change your employer? Well, I'll answer the 2007 question. It was, you know, I, I would say if, if people ask me my greatest memory of being a coach at Missouri or even playing at Missouri would be that that game against uh, the team to the West. That, um, but whoever we knew, whoever won that game is going to be ranked number one and have a chance to play for the national championship. So it was very special with a special group of coaches and players at that time at Mizzou. Um, it's a great memory, obviously, and we were fortunate enough to be. My family, my daughter, and my son, we were fortunate enough to be at the AFC Championship game this year when they uh, held up the Lamar Hunt Trophy. And usually we leave out early, even uh, the World Series games. We try to leave like midway through the ninth inning to beat the traffic. We wanted to see Clark Hunt raise up the trophy that, that night in Arrowhead. So uh, it's pretty special. And I think that, you know, it's, it's unique that I was very fortunate to live and be in a place at one, for, for one spot for a long time at Mizzou. And it's been very good for my family to do that. And I think that, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to move on when there's a different focus on the draft, different focus on the players trying to learn the NFL rules and also try to get caught up on the teams we're playing. You know, Dave Tobe has great uh, knowledge of this, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers and the Houston Texans and the teams we're playing early. And I'm trying to get caught up doing that. So I've been pretty busy. And even though I'm working from home, um, my heart's over there in Kansas City. I'm looking forward to get to going in the fall. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Sam McDowell for joining me today to talk Chiefs. Links to the stories about the Chiefs can be found in the show notes and always on the Red Zone Extra app. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands. Still a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage and that includes Sports Extra on the E-Edition. There's an additional 20 or so pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, and they're doing a heck of a job this week covering the protests in Kansas City. So you get all their work plus additional news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. Whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Thursday.